Whether it's for work or play, we rely on home internet so much these days. Being connected and staying connected has never been more important. So if you want reliable internet bought you at speed, switch to Aussie Broadband. It only takes a few minutes to sign up and their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help. Aussie Broadband, the actual Aussie way. Find out more at aussiebroadband.com.au. T's and C's apply. Hi, this is the Dill and Friends podcast. I'm Deborah, Dylan's mum. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you like the show as much as I do. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Hello, I'm Dylan Buckley and this is my podcast, Dill and Friends. We're back today for episode six. Absolute pleasure in introducing my uh, new guest today. Absolutely fantastic again. Non-Giants um, player. His name is Alex Johnson. Alex, thanks for coming on the show, mate. How are you going? Not too bad, Dill. Thanks for having me. I feel pretty privileged being on here, the, uh, the second non-Giants player. It's, it's good to be here. Mate, it's fantastic. And I know you're a massive fan of the show. Um, you, you tell me that uh, quite quite often. Um, listen to all the episodes. And, you know, I know all the boys down the Swans are massive shows, actually. I forgot to tell you, I recently played the Swans. And obviously the boys were joking down there. They were telling me how um, how shit my podcast was when I was lined up for goal. Um, They're just but, um, jealous, mate. Great banner with those boys, actually. <laughs> no, um, How's Buddy going? Is he talking about it much? Yeah, he talks about it a lot, actually. It's, um, it's the number one thing you listen to. It's uh, Yeah, it gets a good run down at the club. Thanks, and shout out to Buddy if he's listening. Um, Buddy, massive fan of your work. Um, now, mate, I'd like to take the viewers back to how we became such good mates. Um, from my memory, it was we were roommates back we were. in um, under-18s. Down at the Vibe in Carlton. Down at the Vibe in Carlton. It's some good nights there. You, you taught me some stories there that I'll never forget <laughs> and um, opened, up a few, opened up my eyes on a few topics. Um, you were a year older than me there. Um, you had a great carnival that year. Um, you were a bit of a slide in the draft. But you ended up going to the Swans, um, which which was great. I was very very happy and very proud. Thought that sort of felt like I was I played a bit of a part in that. No doubt. Um, right. But then yeah, the last six years you've been pretty quiet and haven't really haven't really handed, heard back from it. Yeah, I've done nothing since really. It's uh, it was a good start to my career, and then yeah, it all went downhill pretty quickly. No, no, I mean more the fact that um, oh, we stopped you, talking. You wouldn't reply to any of my messages or calls for the last five, six years. That's a lie, mate. You've been up in Sydney what twelve months now, not even, and I try and catch up with you all the time. You got no time for me. It's clear that uh, Dylan Friends has taken off, and you're a big shot now. Well, that is true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we love a South Dealing sandwich together, and um, it is great to be up here with you and spend a lot of time together. Um, that first year, mate, it was pretty unreal. Your first season in AFL. So you got taken, like I said, you what were you, pretty, like, pick 60? Yeah, close to pick 57. Uh, so, yeah, slid down, I suppose, a little bit, but I, I didn't have any expectations going to the draft. I exactly. just wanted to end up somewhere, and, yeah, I was lucky enough to come up here. Was that Kenny Beeson's work, was it? Well, it was Kenny Beeson's work, yeah. He, um, yeah, I think he was pretty happy with how, how it turned out. I'm sure he was. Um, absolute steal of a pick there. Um, all good players go in the third and fourth round. No like, doubt about it. yourself. Yeah. Um, I was pick 62. Um, and then I went actually top fifteen in the rookie draft, so I was a first rounder in the in the rookie draft. No, I wasn't lucky enough. I was third <laughs> round in the rookie draft. <laughs> um, you had a massive impact in your first year winning that flag. Um, it was it was pretty incredible watching on. Um, what's it actually like winning an AFL grand final? I've, I've touched on I've won one under fifteens, um, and as good as Carlton was, um, you know we never quite got that close. Yeah, I'll correct you there. It was my second year actually. But uh, first year, yeah, first year was good. I came in, played played twenty games. Sorry about that. No, that's all, right, mate. 
And then, yeah, second year I was lucky enough to play played every game that year, and um, yeah, lucky enough to achieve the ultimate in in the in the grand final that year against Hawthorne. Um, it's everything you can imagine and more, I suppose. I was a kid. I grew up grew up in Melbourne, going to the MCG a lot of the time for grand finals, and um, yeah, to to achieve it at the age of twenty was was pretty incredible. It was um, it was unbelievable. It was huge, and like obviously, I was a I was. Um a massive fan of you know yourself and a lot of the Swans boys knew Lukey Parker, so I was definitely um, barracking for you guys that day. And um, not just saying because you're here, but you did have an enormous game that day. Very stiff to um, not even be a Norm Smith medalist, um, and that is not just my words, but apparently your own. <laughs> no doubt about it. I got absolutely robbed that day. No, I wouldn't have thought. I've, I've just played my role. I've always been a role player. Yeah. Um, played my role that day and. Yeah, a few people said that, but I, I wouldn't have thought. I think Ryan O'Keefe was, was pretty deserving of the Norm Smith medal. I think he had 15 tackles or something that day and, and won a lot of contested footy, so he probably deserved it. But, yeah, as, as the years go by, I'll, I'll continue to say that I was robbed. Yes, and I uh, totally agree with that one, mate. I, O'Keefe did have a fantastic day, and maybe you guys should be sharing that medal. Yeah, probably. He should cut it um, in half and send me a bit. <laughs> but you are known to um, you know, be very fond of that premiership, as you, as you would be. Um, be like myself, mate. Like my old man won three, and I've got one and a half between me and my old man. So technically, I've got more experience than you in the, <laughs> in the fact. But um, tells us there is a story that I did come across one day. Um, you know, when after a couple of beers, you do like to you know bring the medal out. Um, you might have taken it out with you, or you were home, but you ended up losing the medal and put the party to a halt. And there was a two hour plus search for that medal. I assume you've got your mail from Tom Mitchell. Uh, we did have a few beers up here one night in the off-season, of course. Of course. Um, and I think a few people, randoms and mates, ended up back at my joint and someone asked to get the medal out. I think it was Tommy, actually. He enjoyed he enjoyed getting it out just to feel what it's like. Because he didn't actually play like it. He didn't play it. Didn't play it. it. No, yeah. it, was his, it was his first year up here. but wasn't good enough. wasn't good enough, that's yeah. right. As, as we'll say now, he's, he's still not good enough. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it did go missing for for a period of time, and there was a two hour search. I'd say you know it was three or four o'clock in the morning, so mm. heads so, were a bit scattered, yeah. scattered everywhere. But um, yeah, it showed up in in my back pocket actually. So <laughs> it was a search far and far and wide around my joint and the streets around, and um, yeah, found it in my back pocket. So that, so that was good. Was that from the weekend before taking it down <laughs> to the Royal Oak or something? Might have been, yeah. Might have been, yeah. You, you get it out. As much as you can, I suppose. Why um, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, it, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like this, these stories um, are a one-off because I, as touching on, I like to do my research. I never ever give up my um, uh, my acquaintances. That's probably not the right word. My sources. sources that yeah. was the one. Oh, well, I've, I've got you, Tom Mitchell, with that one. So <laughs> can't confirm or deny. Um, but I've come across some some really interesting facts about yourself, and um, oh, so these stories would of course be strictly in the off season. Um, no doubt about it. But you are. You are very um, well known to frequent the local um, drinking watering holes. You love to have a beer. Um, and there's a couple of... There's three things I want you to confirm or deny. And to be honest, I know they're true because these come from multiple <laughs> sources. Like so I've got no choice. Um, you're known to spend 100 to $200 on KFC after a night out. Yeah, I'll confirm that. I've, uh, I do enjoy my KFC. It's always good to get a healthy meal in after a big Maybe. night out. you got to refill. <laughs> You have to You're known through. to try and make out with your mates after two pots. <laughs> two pots. I'd say three, and I'll confirm it. 
There's nothing wrong with a bit of no. man love on a night out. Nothing at all. I, I, I do. We I'm very fond of my friends. So am I. Um, hopefully, maybe we should have some beers. <laughs> Get together and see where the night goes. Um, and my last one is you are a serial known beard wetter after a night out. No comment. <laughs> How many pots does that take? Two or three? Uh, 35 probably. Would probably get me. <laughs> Do you but change your sheets or is that the, the missus job? No, I do. I've, I've come pretty good at it. I'm mm. pretty good at actually realising not long after and getting to the washing machine pretty yeah. quickly. And so do you, just, do, you just sleep, do you sleep through it or do you just do it in the morning? I don't sleep through it. No, I think that's pretty disgusting, guys, that do do it. It's pretty embarrassing that I'm a 26-year-old year old man and um, continue to do that, but everyone has their flaws, I suppose. Oh, I'm, sure, I'm happy I'm not on this show because I'm sure that it's <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure Thousands of Aussies trust Aussie Broadband to keep them connected to the world, even when they're on the go. Because as well as reliable home internet, Aussie Broadband also offers flexible mobile plans with super generous data allowances and no locking contracts. Their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help you make the switch. It only takes a few minutes. Aussie Broadband, the actual Aussie way. Search Aussie Broadband Mobile to find out more. T's and C's apply. Now, mate, let's talk um, post-granny. Um, Post granny, uh, obviously, hopefully I got my facts right, but that was the pre-season where you had your first knee mishap. Yep. Was that pre-season? Yeah, it was. It was uh, the third NAB Cup game and pre-season yep. 2013. So that was the first time you had any knee issues at all? Yeah, I'd had a bit of bit of hyperextension and stuff over the journey, but nothing yep. nothing too untoward. Yeah, and then from then on, obviously, there was the, the ups and downs, which we pretty much spoke about over the last, you know, that five-year period of um, the other knee reconstructions what I know this is a cliche question you get all the time but what was the main factor in, in dealing with those setbacks uh, yeah I suppose I just tried to keep a positive mindset yep. throughout the, the whole journey I think winning that flag in 2012 really did help me yep. um, I knew I could perform at the level and achieving the ultimate you just want to get back there and as a 20 year old kid you probably, I probably took it for granted a bit you sort of think oh how good is this you know I played two years in the system won a flag you know hope yep. there'll be more of this success to come so yep. I was brought back down to earth pretty quickly in, in 2013 and facing 12 months out and, and that 12 months turned into yeah, five years pretty quickly, yep. which um, which was hard to deal with. But I always had my sights firmly, firmly set on getting back and, and playing AFL because it's, you know, it's a game I grew up loving as a kid and I'd fulfilled my dream on getting there, but I wanted to fulfill my next dream and, and get back there and, and play AFL again. I understand. No. Besides like that, the initial injuries and you know the pain and the rehab and that stuff that we do see, you know, like a lot of players go through. Obviously, um, in in footy, what what do you, what do you think personally for you has been the hardest part? Is it like the missing the playing on the weekends, or is it just feeling sometimes you know as much as clubs you know we've all been there they've, you know, that exclusion of day to day stuff. Is that what it was, or was it more being away from your family? Uh, oh, it's a whole. It's a whole combination of factors, I suppose. But I'd, definitely the the missing the game on the weekend. I think I I sort of stayed involved a little bit in 2013, and then had a few setbacks, and then I just removed myself completely. I, I sort of switched off from footy and um, took the feeling out of the games, and just yeah, really removed myself from the group, which probably wasn't the, the greatest idea, but it was the way I thought best to sort of deal with it, I suppose. Um, yeah. If you're in the rooms before the game and you're not, and everyone's preparing around you to play and, and you're not, that's when you miss it the most. So, tried to take those those things away, which would make me really miss the game. But um, yeah, removed myself a little bit for a couple of years there, and then I suppose 
switched back into footy in, in 2016 and um, with my with my final reconstruction on the left knee and um, that helped me a lot. I'd, I'd seen a lot of guys come through the footy club and, and didn't really know the younger guys. Um, so I wanted to get involved and, and got involved coaching with, with Ray Shaw. And, yep. um, I think that helped me get my passion back for footy and um, reintegrate myself into the group and, yep. and get more and more involved. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a whole lot of factors that, that make it tough. The, the setbacks are obviously one thing, um, missing the footy and you know, not having the support of, of family and uh, you know, friends, I suppose, yep. that are from Melbourne um, around me up here. In saying that, my support network has been been huge for me, um, both family and friends, you know, coming up to Sydney and um, supporting me throughout the whole journey. Yeah. And oh, like you've touched on it before, but as, you know, for me, knowing you from, you know, previous, uh, prior to these injuries, but you've always been a positive person. You've always been very resilient. And as I suppose the journey's come on, um, what other things have you tried to, you know, to get out of footy as well, to like use to your advantage in that time? Yeah, I suppose study was a big one for me. I, um, I had a year at uni before I got drafted, which I was lucky enough to do. Um, and then I just continued on with my studies. So I've, I've finished a degree, which is which was my aim. I wanted to get back and obviously play AFL. That was my yep. number one, but I wanted to do that with a degree behind me. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've done that. And then, as I touched on before, the, the coaching side of things um, was something I put a lot of energy and, and effort into. And, um, yeah, I think that, that helped me continue on as a, and grow and develop as a person. Did you get um, many opportunities to travel in those times? I know a few of the boys from, you know, Carlton and Giants where I've been, they, you know, got to do the sneaky year of trips mid-year. Yeah, no doubt about it. Travel was a big one for me. I, I got over to the World Cup in Brazil in 2014. Um, went to America, Europe a couple of times. Did you take your medal? No, I didn't. I thought it might get stolen in Brazil, so, so I left that one alone. Left that one for safekeeping. But, um, but yeah, travel was huge. And the club's always been awesome in terms of letting me get away and travel when I wanted to, so... Yep. That, uh, that helps a lot. Yeah, it does. And we, we love travelling. That's, you know, it's part of the podcast. We all, we're all familiar with that. We love it. Um, <laughs> mate, uh, so after the fifth on the left, you come back. Um, you're coming back to your um, first game back, which was huge. Um, we, you know, me and a few of the boys watched that game um, at the SCG. Played against Collingwood. Played a ripper game. It was actually a game that the Swans probably shouldn't have won. Yep. Um, I personally think, and I'm sure a lot of people would, just the the uh, spirit of having you back in the team probably nearly single-handedly changed the course of the Swans' year. Um, that's my opinion. I take or leave it. Yep. Um, and then obviously the week after, fly to Melbourne, um, and yeah, it was it was it was a <coughs> your points on it, but it was a for me it was it was a pretty sickening day catching up with you the week before. Um, I still get goosebumps now thinking about it, but it was it was terrible um, for you know those watching on what happened. Um, it was cruel, made me feel pretty sick. But um, firstly, your your points on that being your other knee, so that was another thing that was was shit about it. Um, but secondly, it was amazing. I thought of how the AFL community throughout Australia. Um, it was pretty overwhelming, even for me, just watching how everyone was getting around you at that. Um, what were your, probably your thoughts on those? Yeah, no doubt about it. I think the the support from the game I got played against Collingwood that whole week was was you know unbelievable. Got announced on the Wednesday, and then the, the game was Saturday night. It was it was pretty overwhelming. The support I had from the whole AFL community and the wider community really, I had people reach out to me from from all walks of life and giving me their best wishes and support and those types of things. Um, and then yeah, the, it was the highs and lows in football in you know seven or eight days. It was. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, to go down against Melbourne, it was pretty, it was pretty surreal, and I was pretty shocked at the time. Um, I just, yeah, I suppose after the Collingwood game, I just wanted to get back to to being an AFL player and, and preparing for games and just thinking of footy as normal. My my left knee that I'd had all the issues with it, mm-hmm. it was holding up and was really was fine. I got through a lot of reserves footy over the last couple of years and you know held up against Collingwood. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, to go down with the right knee was yeah, it was just it was just shocking. It was it was the first time I'd done a done a knee in an AFL game, so it was a different yeah. different feeling. Um, with a pretty big crowd at the MCG, it was yeah, it was it was yeah, very very surreal and um, just just devastating to go down with a good knee. Yeah. Um, yeah. but but the support I did have from that was was unbelievable. From, yeah. From all my teammates and the staff at the Swans to to the Melbourne Footy Club, you know they all they all came and got around me after the game after losing a really important game for them. Um, yeah. They could have put that ahead of it, but. You know they got around me, which was which was really special. And obviously, there was vision of you getting around the boys, being you know the selfless, the selfless and positive teammate you are. Post game, obviously, it would have been you know you got, you guys got the win that game. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And um, after the game, obviously, it would have been you know a bit a bit of a somber feeling in the rooms, but you were still getting around the boys. What was it? You know, what was the message from from them and from you post post game? Um, I suppose the vision of me going out at quarter time, I sort of I looked around at quarter time and sort of said, "What do I do?" I didn't really didn't really know how to go about it. And they said, "You know who I spoke to said, do whatever you want. You know, it's up to you." So I just went and got around the boys, and I lied to a lot of the younger boys and said, "No, no, I'll be fine. I haven't done anything done anything too seriously." And it shows how immature or naive <laughs> they are, I suppose. To um, I think they bought it and believed me, but there are certain guys in the team that knew knew the significance of the injury and, and knew what I'd done. So, um, yeah, I mean, after the game, it was just a confirmation of that. I'd, I'd sort of, obviously, I hadn't had any scans or anything, but I was yeah. we pretty confident that I'd done the ACL and I was resigned to that fact. Um, the boys just, just got around me and, yeah, it was it was weird after the game. It was a huge win for the club down at the MCG against Melbourne who were, who were up and going at that, yeah. that time of the season. Um, so to... To win after that, but it was sort of you know, do, do the boys want to sing the song? It was sort of it was really strange. Yeah. It was a really strange and somber mood for a, for a win. Um, but yeah, the, the boys getting around me was was pretty special. Yeah. And over that time, you spoke about people getting around you, and besides myself, um, who would have been the coolest shout out you've got over the time? The coolest shout out. Oh, I through know. the AFL have you had anyone outside AFL you know reach you have you communicated I know like when people have injuries they communicate with other players Daniel Menzel I know you've, you've had yeah, yeah, chats with him over time yeah. have you, did anyone else approach you I'd say just guys within the AFL like just yeah there's been a lot of you know players throughout the whole AFL community that have reached out to me yeah. Tans are like the biggest superstar I don't know I'm not too sure yeah, probably really. me Probably you, yeah. yeah. Probably you, with uh, you know, with this podcast going yeah, out, mate, it's that's probably the thing. probably you. You're a superstar yeah. now, and, um, and yeah, you're getting around me was pretty special. Hundred percent. All the you know, 60, 70 people that listen to this podcast, <laughs> it'll be, be great. So I'm sure they'll really enjoy it. <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, obviously, that was it. Was yeah, we've touched on it. It sucked, um, but the worst part was still to come, and that was the surgery. Um, unfortunately, you were a room with Heshaw. Yeah. That, that, you know, that just tops things off um, in the medical room. So when you went into surgery, you guys shared the sur- same surgeon, same room. You had to bunk with him. Yeah, pretty much. We um, He did his on the Saturday night before down in Canberra um, and looked like a pretty significant injury. And yeah. Then we and sort of... Can we say as well, 
he carried on a little bit with that one, didn't he? He did carry on. I mean, yeah, he's a you know he's a 30, 30 year old man, but he, he carried on like a little baby. <laughs> but no, he's he's had an unbelievable career and he unbelievable. Um, I've been consistent actually, without injuries. Yeah, which is, I've been trying to get him on the podcast, but he still won't come on. Yeah, fair enough. He probably doesn't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what a podcast is. But um, no, nah, I, I do feel for him because he's he's never really suffered an injury and a, and a setback like he's got now. But yeah, we we're, we're communicating during that week leading into surgery, and, and knew we both had the, uh, the the pleasure of having surgery with Julian Fowler down in Melbourne, who's a who's an unbelievable surgeon. He is. Um, he actually did my. Um, my knee as well. Yeah, he's meniscus. He's a um, yeah, he's an outstanding surgeon. Shout outstanding out to him if he's listening. And thank you, Julian, for your help. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he'd be an avid listener. Um, but yeah, going to hospital with with Heath was was pretty interesting. We both he arrived about half an hour after me getting sort of admitted to hospital, and yeah, we were first and second off on Julian's list. Um, and yeah, to share share hospital with with the hospital experience with Heath was was very interesting. Yeah, he's a good man, Heath. And shout out to him if he's listening. He's probably not. <laughs> Thanks again for coming in, Jono. Incredible story, mate, and um, really admire the way you go about it. Um, your attitude's second to none and, and good things to come. Uh, guys, as I said, thanks for listening. If you want to check out any previous episodes uh, of the podcast, the links are all on my Instagram, at Dill Buckley. Um, can't wait to get some more out for you. And remember to be yourself because everyone else is taken. Cheers. Jetness. Yeah, it was.